Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And welcome to The Food Fight, where we offer a different perspective on food culture issues around Australia and the world. We'll talk with chefs, producers, business owners and experts to hear their stories and find out what makes them tick. This is a Small Bites episode where we talk about side gigs and catering, the long days and hard work involved and the tough toll that that can have on chefs. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Food Fight Podcast. This one's a Small Bites episode. My name's Steph Postuma. I am your host alongside... One of the leaders in cuisine here in the Cold Coast region, the Illawarra, Mr. Simon Evans. Hello. <laughs> hey, B, mate. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, that's what we're going to talk about today because yeah, you've been a busy man. Just how busy I've been. Yeah. We're just going to sit there and talk about it. Simon's going to whinge just, about just how busy com- he is. Yeah. Just complain. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, so what we're going to talk about is. Like, we'll talk about stuff that chefs do outside of being a chef. And, like, I think that a lot of chefs would be familiar with um, being asked to cater weddings mm. uh, and, and little functions outside of just working at their respective restaurants or catering businesses or wherever they work because you've recently had a hell gig. So we might talk a bit about um, hell gigs and, and when mm. the pressure's on in the storms. I think, be, yeah, I think it's, you don't really hear, like, everyone kind of knows that the kitchen is quite tough. But maybe we'll delve a bit deeper into what makes what makes it tough and what makes a particularly tough night compared to a normal tough night. <laughs> I've had a couple recently actually. Yeah. There's just a couple of couple of nights where you're just like, fucking hell, it was Yeah, um, well, let's get going. going. Uh, firstly, um yeah, like let's go. Let's like I'm just gonna quiz you about some of your recent experiences because Simon's been doing some some cool gigs, yeah, uh, tough gigs, which has made him a busy man outside, sort of mm. you know running Night Parrot and being the executive chef at Bangalore. Well, so it tends to happen, or it's happened to me, is that people ask. I'm always very happy to do catering stuff. I, I do quite enjoy it. It's different to being in the kitchen, poses own challenges. But always tends to be places that that there isn't a kitchen. So whether it's like a, a winery, we did an event in once, done it in like distilleries. So you kind of have to makeshift stuff. So it ends up just being, you end up in a little space with a table and a barbecue <laughs> somewhere and, and you, you roll off it. 
Totally. And I think that like it would be interesting for, for those out there who sort of haven't worked back of house mm. or as yeah, catering for events and things like that, people who've like attended weddings and stuff like that, yeah. you kind of see these people in, in hospitality blacks like in the background somewhere and, and beautiful food gets presented mm. to you. But a lot of the time you don't really know the How shit it, fight yeah. that's happening behind the scenes, yeah. especially when there's no equipment. I mean, you've got to love those venues that have thought about it and have commercial kitchens and things like that and, mm. and they have equipment. Well, I mean, those ones tend to have their own chefs. So, yeah. So, especially just me being a sort of, I'll, I'll do an odd catering job here and there if it's something I want to do and the food sounds cool and it's a cool setup, then I'm like, yeah, of course, do mm. it. But yeah, so obviously it ends up being like houses, places with no with no uh no ins- no inside kitchen <laughs> yeah 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 so so take us through what you've been what you've been doing there was a recent gig up in well, the southern highlands yeah so we did uh experience nature really it was an awesome idea like it's like a 10k walking track and they get restaurants and there was the guys from trolley to make like cocktails like a mobile cocktail thing um and they all set up stalls along this 10k walk and the people just come through and you cook them your dish and it was matched with wines. Um, and they cut, it was like 250 people. When we were on a cliff edge in Kangaroo Valley, like like 10 meters from where I was cooking was just a drop. just like a sheer drop. <laughs> wow. Like it was a beautiful location. Like it's really eerie where the fires had still been, but everything had started growing up. So it was kind of like singed tops of trees everywhere. But anyway, we basically got dropped off. Myself and Ronnie, the manager in Bangalore, got dropped off with our helper our guide for the day who was a nepalese fella who was actually really good and really helpful um we got dropped off and they were like okay so like your your trestle tables are there the barbecues are there just get set up and make it look right so we got dropped off all this like flat pack stuff and we're just like left to make a kitchen and like a sitting area it was like a weird cooking show and just like with nothing else there so i had like two (laughs) eskies full of fish and salad like a bought just whatever I could we transported there and we just left there to go and then after a couple of hours 250 people walked through and we just had to I just cooked barramundi on this barbecue for like five hours straight yeah right so is that barramundi dish yeah from from the Bangalore menu more or less uh yeah similar like it's the one I do all the time yeah I always cook barramundi Simon's signature barramundi and kakala yeah I think I probably need to get a new dish and so how do you uh and so I mean you know, you got 250 people arriving all at the same time. How do you get it out? Like, so is it that one wasn't that what one, the that, challenges? That there? one wasn't pretty. Was, that wasn't too bad. So it was one dish. I said a lot of it. So it was just it was again like pre- preparation is key in a yeah. kitchen and something like this when you know you're going to be finding all sorts of other problems. You just got to kind of be ready on stuff, which is probably what stitched me up a little bit when we get to the wedding I did recently. <laughs> um, so this one, I, just, I had all my barramundi portioned up cut up ready to go I had all my salad I actually had to pick all the little salady bits that's where my little Nepalese mate on the day helped out he picked all my salad for me um, and then we just I'd, yeah literally just cooked in the elements with the sun that's why I've got this lovely tan beautiful tan go, oh look go, at that up to about here. wow yeah. it's almost transparent pretty much that yeah, tan yeah, line yeah. it's quite, quite, a, quite a change of colour there <laughs> um, so that one was nicely prepped up for uh, also cooked in the middle of a field recently with Yerubinjin guys. Yeah, yeah. So, how much are you allowed to disclose about that? I don't know. A bit of it's been out on social media. You've put some on social well, media. Well, yeah, pretty much. Tell us, give us a brief synopsis of the Yerubinjin um, uh, farm thing out Yerubingen with Christian. farm, who I'm repping today. Um, it's Christian, who's been on the show before. 
has a little farm he's starting now. He's got some big plans for it. He's got some kangaroo grass growing. And he's starting to grow uh, natives. Um, and he got asked to be on Zac Efron's show, Down to Earth, yeah. which is in, in Australia. The first series is coming out soon. But it's just like Zac Efron and his mate, Darren, who's a bit of like a wellness guru, just kind of, of course. just going around, just having a right laugh. Yeah, okay. And just going to places like food places, ener- like energy, environmentalism, yep. and just popping up. So they end up just at this, at this farm. So we, Christian got them on his like grass picker thing, Picked all the grass and then I fed them some food yeah. from a barbecue in the middle of in the middle of Bargo, it's in nice. the middle of nowhere. So again, just another another weird one. I rocked up. I had a trestle table, uh, <laughs> some coal, and like I took the stove tops to make like a sort of makeshift smoker thing yeah, for like okay. for the pumpkin. So just set it all up, made a fire, uh, and then cooked for thirty people just in a field. Bit of fun, just just a weird one. Like Hanging that, that, that game. Zac yeah, it was pretty chill. L- long day, so like, I mean, I, I was foraging ingredients like at midnight the night before, and I rocked up there at six a.m. and cooked till six p.m. Mm. and then collapsed afterwards. Yeah, that's, that, see, that, that's that's like, I think one of the one of the challenges in these sorts of things, and I like, I've got sort of the experience via my working for my dad for his catering business and stuff mm. is like. There's just no break. It's just a long yeah. day. These There's things, slogs. like these these big, we used to do sort of like big corporate events and stuff like that, where it was always like, you know, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, yeah. like snacks and drinks, dinner, mm. and then and and that's like a full day. These big big sort of we used to do big ones at the ANU and stuff. These big sort of conferences and yeah, stuff. You just don't get to rest. I feel like you get really dehydrated through the day. Like yeah. you just forget to drink water. You don't know where you anything you almost is. Like don't have time. Like when it's all going, you don't have time to drink water. Like you, yeah, like they are totally. Yeah, like if you do big catering like that, which is why I don't think I'd want to do catering full time because it just like they're they're huge. Like once every so often, they're huge days. Oh yeah. Like some like normally yeah normally you're working even like a you know a big wine dinner is a big day. Like you're there prepping early. You go through prep, you might grab some to eat. I'm the worst as well. If I'm busy like that, I just don't feel like eating. Yeah. Like you're just moving, you're going, like you're just kind of, you're, you're tasting, but you don't, I, I never have an appetite. So I'll just go the whole day without eating, try and stay hydrated, probably don't do very well. And I just ruin myself by the end. Yeah, totally. Much. You're so right about that collapsing into, you know, on the couch at the end of the day yeah, and, you're just and then sometimes. you're broken and your car or your van or whatever you've got is yeah. full of dirty crap yeah. that needs to be addressed um, at some point some the following my, week. Because <laughs> some, some of my clothes still smell of smoke right now. I'm sure. Like, like I put like a pair of jeans on yesterday and was like, are these still smoky? Yeah. Like I've just, uh, all my clothes are now smoked. But yeah, like it's, I mean, it, like you're looking at four, like 14 hour days aren't, like that's pretty normal for a big event. Yeah. Um, like, and that's a slog. Yeah. Like if you think you're tired after like an eight hour day yeah. of doing something like 14 hours, like pretty much straight. On your feet. Yeah. Manual work, like, and because I mean, you can be on your feet in a kitchen prepping and doing service mm. for a full day, which is you know, like you get used to it, you adapt to that as yeah. a chef and stuff. But when a 14 hour day on your feet involves packing and unpacking stuff That's and setting things up and moving boxes around all day, and it's and almost a, the worst part, yeah, like, like it's the like hardest part, lugging things like pack, look, pack down is the worst, like, because your, your back is hurting your feet are hurting you're just you're already done and you can see the end mm. and then you're like oh, i've got to clean this up yeah i know and pack it up <laughs> it's the worst and like you sort of always ends up being like always have like trays and, and like gastros and all this stuff and it's like right just give them a rinse 
just so they could, they're not going to like make my car too gross and then get them back to the restaurant yeah. and they can go through the dishwasher yeah, there. Exactly. Maybe that day, maybe in a few days. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to one of one of the most challenging events. Yeah, you've had to cater for, which you told did, me about the other day. It's definitely up there. Like I've had some tough days of like different events and like opening restaurant, opening the bar. Like this was just this was probably one of the closest I was to like. Fuck this. Yeah. Because it was just, it was, it was the, on the 20th, so crazy downpours everywhere. Um, it was just down the coast, and that was where the rain was hitting that day. So, uh, wedding is, um, this big house, awesome setup, great wedding. Um, I was had this big, big smoker barbecue, I was going to cook everything off. Everything's going to be quite like relaxed. I, re- I really like the idea. Um, All the grazing tables set up too. So yeah. like people might be wondering how the hell, like how many covers, how many people? 110. 110. And I, was, I was basically doing the, the food side on by myself. On his own. It was a bit, a bit of, it was quite ambitious. It's definitely ambitious and people think, well, how the fuck do you manage that? But it is that, that grazing table sort of serve yourself set up yeah. definitely helps yeah. and preparation is key. Yeah, I, so I basically had to cook stuff on the barbecue and then put it out on boards on the table. Yeah. Sound very simple. But the weather <laughs> was gross. Um, it was just torrential and it was like, if it had, if it said like a light bit of light rain, it would have been fine, but... All the ground where I was cooking was just was just soaked through, so it was muddy. Then the the wind and the rain were just coming in. So I had like a barbecue under lo- <laughs> underneath a little marquee, um, and it was, it was. I want you to all picture. I want the listeners to picture Simon here, by the way. So like Simon by himself, he's got his car, he's yeah. got his prep, he's got everything ready to go. He he's planned for this and prepped for this. However, the weather was last Saturday, which was the worst day of yeah. the rains that we've recently had that have caused floods all up and down the yeah. east coast of Australia, and. Simon's place to cook is a little gazebo that you buy from Anaconda. Um, <laughs> sort bun- of Bunnings. Just, um, or Bunnings, yeah. just pushed off to the side <laughs> of the wedding somewhere. So it was, I had a, like a little, I had a, it was set up beside the house, beside the, the big marquee where everyone was in. Yeah, um, but you were outdoors. Yeah, I was, out, I was outdoors. Um, and to get to the cool room, I either had to go through the crowd or through a little bit of, of, of grass that went round to the back of the house. That grass was just sodden. So <laughs> I was just slopping around in mud and In your Birkenstocks. Yeah, like I should have worn gumboots. Yeah. My Birkies are probably not the same and won't be the same ever again. Um, so my two options to, to get anything from the cool room that I had to bring across was to go through a crowd, which is quite tough when you're carrying stuff and it's not the, not the best look of the wedding. So I was going on the outside quite a lot and then it's just in the rain, so just getting wet. Like trying to slap this little incline, like trying to fall over there with like stuff in my hand, and then as the rain just got worse and worse, like it started off not too bad. Like I had the first round was um, like cheese and meats and stuff, all on boards, all out on time, beautiful. Next round, start cooking stuff, and the rain just picks up, and the wind picks up, and it starts coming in the side of my marquee to the point where I had like a trestle table, sort of yay big. And that there's workable space because the rain just kept shrinking. So I ended up like in, I ended up with about this much prep space. So I had like my boards for 110 people. Or like anything set up, I had like an esky with all the things in there. Like, so I just, I had less and less space. And the wind started coming through the barbecue. So stuff I was cooking like on top, like very slowly, wasn't getting any heat. So I had to put everything onto the coals, kept losing my temperature on that. Um, So when it came to like trying to get the, the main course out, Obviously, I, I told him we'd be a little bit late, so it was supposed to be half seven. It was like, it'll be eight, 15, maybe 20 past. <laughs> yeah. So, just, it was 
it just made everything very hard, like temperature, trying to cook, trying to get this fish cooked, had this barramundi I was cooking, had these lamb shells to heat up. And then because, because of the rain and where we had to put the barbecue, I was quite close. I was right on the side of the marquee because I had to get access to the tables, which is where all the speeches were happening. So when I started to cook all my lamb, all the fat started rendering off, all the smoke started coming and just pouring into the, into the main marquee. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. So I put the side up on my little marquee. So I just created a little smoke box for myself. <laughs> so then I just had like, and then, but then because I couldn't, then I had to always go around that side through the mud anytime I wanted to put something on or like flap the side. So I was just in this little smoke box, just with rain coming in from one side, smoke swirling around me, trying to cook stuff in like this much space. Um, in muddy Birkenstocks. In just muddy, wet Birkies, just like hot, like hot and cold at the same time. Um, and it was just quite a challenge. Did get everything up. Yep. Everyone. How late was mains? <clears throat> um, I did it in, I ended up having to go like two goes. So I put the, the barramundis up and then I put some lamb up and I kept the sides coming through and I put these butterfly marinated chickens up at the end. Um, and after that it was fine. I did a little dessert, but I was the, doing the mains just almost broke me. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, to the point where I was like, I, sh- I should have got someone to help me. But then I was like, I would feel really bad if someone was helping me right now. That I'd made them come to this. That I'd like made them join me here. Like I would have, I would have felt very guilty. I probably would have given that person like most of my my money from it just to be like, I'm sorry. I'm so like, because I know if if I if I was working that, I would be like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like, you know, and, and challenging situations like that, and everything's not quite as perfect as I want it at times. So that made me a bit more flustered as well. And I was like, no, this is no good. This is rubbish. And I'm like, getting stuff going. And yeah, it was, it was just one of those shifts where you just very much have to knuckle down, push through, push out the pain because I was pretty broken the next day. <laughs> and I mean, it was a week ago. Yeah, well, it, was it was last Saturday. Yeah, it was, wow. It was yeah. Just, yeah, it already seems like it's a, a bit of a lifetime ago. Yeah. I can just mentally, about talk to it. Mentally and physically taxing. Yeah, yes. It was, yeah, it was definitely was both. And, and it was, I, was, I started at 10 and I finished at 1 and basically just worked through that whole day. Mm. So that was a long shift. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the, again, I mean, a couple of helpers would have been useful. But again, it was, it was a Saturday night. I was like, who's going to come help me? On yeah. a Saturday night, who's a good chef? Yeah. Um, Anyway, but these yeah these events take a lot of a lot of work from yeah. behind the scenes. Like the food might come up, but the thing I time. think the thing to note though is like what we sort of were saying at the beginning. It was like I reckon for you know a hundred out of the hundred and ten people at the wedding, yeah, they didn't even notice that you were that you were absolutely um, I mean, in the well, shit to be in fair, your little marquee because I was quite close and people could see the rain. People were quite aware. Right, that I, I, I kept how quite how t- troubling and, uh, and, t- and tough it was to myself because any time anyone would be like don't know how you're bloody doing it mate I'd be like ah oh, you know it's just cooking just, just gotta chuck it on the barbecue and yeah, die just heating stuff up yeah keep, um, keep smiling keep smiling keep smiling um, so, so everyone could sort of see that I was it was it was a st- <laughs> it was a taxing process to get yeah. out but I mean everything got out there and yeah, everyone enjoyed it everyone seemed to enjoy everyone yeah. seemed good there so yeah and it, like, it was a, a, a great wedding and um 
the Fubu dip is real cool. We had like a whole barramundi's sort of a paper bark. I hung some salmons from the frame and smoked them really slowly over over some cherry wood. So some really cool food and it looked like a very fun wedding. Yeah. And I did enjoy my, my beer afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the, the weather. Yeah, man. Unpredictable. Like, like I thought when I moved to Australia, I wouldn't have to cook in such conditions. Neither did we. <laughs> yeah. In nothing like it. Mm. Do you like... The, like I think that I guess what we're sort of like we're obviously giving your experience of these sorts of things but the, I guess the point is like chefs get asked to do a lot of different things and a lot of the time these sorts of events like when you get asked to cater and these mm. sorts of events when you're not a catering business that has all the equipment at your disposal mm. and the staff on hand and the you know that sort of thing like you're very much just kind of like shooting from the hip and making decisions about what you can and can't achieve yeah. and, and working with the client and stuff and at the end of the day they always turn out to be pretty 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 hard work yeah but uh rewarding work like i seem to keep doing them yeah like yeah i, I do like the challenge and the logistics <laughs> of it um but like the yeah, on on the day is just always always tough. No matter what it is, like it's just. Um, I mean, yeah, cook, cooking stuff enough when you have a restaurant and a kitchen and everything you need and set up and your staff. So trying to do it on a on, the, on a fly a bit in these various places is just uh, is, is a challenge. Mm. But yeah, maybe I just like the self-flagellation of doing these things. Well, I think that it's also like for a person like you, not not anymore you know being the owner and head chef of a hatted restaurant where mm. that's where you want to focus your attention you're kind of working across a couple of venues executive mm. chef role at one and still running another um and then you know doing this sort of thing on the side and and doing those sorts of events and working with christian you know for a mm. lot of events and things like that as well like you kind of just want to take though all those sorts of opportunities and sort of keep those doors open for yeah. you and stuff as a chef. Yeah, it's just, it, I think it's good. I think catering does own, have its own special kind of issues and problems. And I've done quite a lot now mm. through myself, through Cavo and Bangalore that it, it, I mean, not much can kind of can throw you mm. or, sh- or shock you. Um, and and little just it's just knowing like like timings of things and knowing weddings are never going to stay on time and you have to be flexible with your food and like and just practices of like what's the best way for me to cook this in a timely manner so it can go up like do I cook it there before and and, and chill it or do I do I like warm it up this way and hold it and then finish cooking there's also like little logistics of like what's the best way of doing this like the lamb shoulders had for the wedding I was like well if I'm going to try and cook lamb shoulders they're going to take up the barbecue space for six hours if I try and do them like that so yeah. I, I basically steamed them in a combi the night before for about six seven hours and then chilled them and then got them on a hot barbecue to get that char and warm them through and then you end up with a real nice kind of roast roast lamb shoulder yeah. so like little things like that working out how how you go from you know from raw product to on the table in in the best method and best way to to sort of to make it easy and keep quality little yeah. things like that like the, like that that's kind of what i like about catering is, is it's almost like there's a set of problems or there's there's, there's you've got all these raw ingredients you need to get on the table like what's the best way of doing that like how do you go about like do i you know do i pre-cook this or do i wait to do that like what times can i put stuff through the barbecue like i just just started organizing um doing a lunch at blamby neighborhood center mm-hmm. on wednesday with uh goodwill only <clears throat> and we just went through Scott Maletto and I went through the prep of that tomorrow and we're going to prep a lot of it at, at Dagwood's kitchen so they've got one oven so it's okay let's make 
The person making the cake, they cook the cake and they can use the oven, whilst everyone else can prep the potatoes and the potatoes are boiled so they don't need the oven. So once they're done, the cake should be out. Then you want to get the root veg in the oven because you can run that through. Once they've got those through and those chops, start doing the salad stuff and at the end then put the lamb in. Then when you take the lamb in, take the, put the chicken in and that will get us to Wednesday at 10 a.m. when we've got to go there. Yeah. So it's like working out those little Tetris blocks yeah. of where stuff fits and how you're going to do stuff. And that, that, that stuff I quite like. Yeah, it is fun. Like... It, there is nothing, it depends on what the, the sort of personality that you have, but there is nothing more fun than sort of like putting together a strategy and a plan for executing a job that, that has a lot of moving parts mm. and for it to come off smoothly. It's like if you look at it on paper, it's like, fuck, this is going to be difficult. Mm. Like, how are we going to get this together? But as you say, just like when you get everything everything in line and you pull yeah. it off smoothly and you get to the end of it, like it's like, we were so prepared for that, yeah. that everything worked perfectly. It's a really, really good feeling. That's the best feeling. Yeah. Like even, like even when, even just a big night at the restaurant, like we had a huge night on Saturday at Bangalore with 94 booked. Wow. Um, with, we normally sort of start with five for a night like that. We have four this time. Um, we had a busy lunch. We basically ran, the, the kitchen basically was open the whole day from breakfast to dinner because we just had, you know, busy for lunch straight, straight into dinner, had a little event in between. Um, and it was sort of like a, a pull, pull, a, pull a sh- like 10 minutes where we had to get set up. It was like, pull everyone out, quick cigarette, like coaches halftime talk. It was like, like it's inches and miles. Like my Al Pacino on and be like, got to stick together, boys. We're just going to keep in this together. Make sure you communicate and we'll be fine and we'll get there. And, like, and then kind of like go back in all like hyped and pumped up. Like we should have done a little like, like hands in maybe. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of get to it and we just smashed that. And we had a really good service and it was really smooth. And we had 94 people. Some tables always going to wait a little bit. But everything was quite in acceptable ranges. And like in like the middle of it, we were just cruising. And nice. it, was, it was just super fun because everything was working. You had time to have a little bit of banter and get your head out of water. And that, like, that feeling is awesome. And then when you get through it and you're like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. Or like we, we didn't die. Yeah. Like that, that's the best feeling. I think that, that is kind of what draws chefs to being chefs to you kind of have to take a bit of a perverse love of craziness like Mm. that and then love the pulling yourself through it and coming out the other side Mm. because if you can't have kind of some enjoyment of that then it's probably not the industry for you Mm. Mm. i think uh Anyone, anyone listening who has worked of, in any capacity in hospitality can probably mm. relate to a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Like yeah. The, the getting home and just being like dead to the world. Like, yeah. I, could, I could like, I was, my back was, after the wedding, my back was shot. I was just smoky, greasy, sweaty. Like getting out of the car to come up the front door was just like, oh shit. <laughs> and then like just trying to shower it all off and being like, I'm still dirty. This is gross. And then just like collapsing like that. That is, that is the, that's the kind of reality of these big things. I think um, for non chefs out there, when you have been to an event and it's a big event and there's a lot of stuff going on, there's a lot of people who worked very hard and are probably when you're going home to, uh, to chill after your nice night, there's a lot of chefs who are probably sinking a beer and trying to forget about it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And you wonder why alcohol is a problem in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people use these vices yeah. to, to sort of deal with the stress because it's bloody stressful. Yeah. And I mean, um, and yeah. a, a beer or something like that does just taste good. It just tastes, it just tastes really good. Yeah. But yeah, what, one beer good. A couple of beers good. Yeah. Not every night though. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, let's leave it there for that. But to finish off, I just want to like 
talk about some of the cool and exciting things we've got going on, Simon. I hope everyone's yeah. enjoying this podcast as we're releasing it on this weekly basis, throwing a few uh, more of these Small Bites episodes in, just mm. having a bit more banter and lighthearted stuff. But um, yeah, got some really, really cool stuff coming up. So today's Monday. This episode's going to come out this afternoon, so on the day we record it. So yeah. tomorrow I'm off to... Uh, Queensland to mm. the Great Barrier Reef and stuff uh, for a little while, like up until Easter. But on Friday, I'm going to Curramine Beach, which mm. is about an hour and a half south of Cairns, to go and have a chat with Chris Bolton from Chris Bolton's Wild, wild Court, Line Court, mm. Coral Trout, Ikejime, Bled, yeah. Ice Slurried, best, pro- best product probably on the market in yeah, terms of fish quality in Australia. He's won quite a few um, delicious, delicious awards, awards. Um, yeah. for his fish. You see him on... Lots of menus, uh, Babyface, using yep, Crawler, and, and he's a big fan. Um, yeah. Uh, Josh Nyland, um, uh, St. Peter, yep. uh, uses a lot of it. He's probably a big champion. He's, he's a great follow on Instagram too. If you, yeah, have, if you don't follow Chris Bol- Bolton, he's, he's, you know, beautiful thing about commercial fishermen is that they're salt of the earth people, <laughs> but uh, someone like Chris Bolton also has a real mind for sustainability mm. um, and product quality which mm. is which is great so really looking forward to talking to him and then in a week from then we're doing a big podcast trip down to Melbourne where we've Boys got on tour <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave that to the UK people um, but uh, yeah we're going to have really good guests uh, we're going to be talking we to we have the best guests we're going to be talking to Pat Norse Rushani Epa from Time Out mm. and Culinary Magazine uh, we'll be talking to Victor Leong, Alan Eccles from Gimlet, a uh, bunch of other ones. Mm. Some really, really cool podcasts yeah. that we're really looking forward to. We're doing about six Taking when we're down in Melbourne. Um, interstate, hopefully have a few good meals and stuff down yeah. there as well. And then we'll be back with all sorts of things that we're that we're planning up here as well. We'll be mm. talking to the guys from PNV, uh, hopefully Wes Lambert from the Hospitality and Catering Association. Yeah. He's coming up too. Lots to chat. Um, you know, Danielle Alvarez is still on the way. A couple of other really fun ones on the way as well that uh, we won't quite tell the audience about just yet <laughs> because we haven't locked them in. We don't want to make any promises. Mm. But uh, we've got some fun and interesting podcasts yeah. on the way. It'll be great Plenty to, to look forward to the Melbourne, Victoria perspective of the last totally. year. Having yeah. been a kind of slightly different timeline to Sydney where we've been used to having everything open for quite some time been just to see how Victoria's coping and how they're going. That's it. Mm. All right. Thanks, Simon. Cheers, mate. Thanks, everyone. Hello, dear listeners. Steph here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Food Fight. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at The Food Fight Podcast on Instagram or The Food Fight Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to talk to you. Please leave us a five star review on iTunes. That really helps. If you want to hit me up, it's quicksandfood.com or at quicksandfood on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with Simon, it's Simon underscore Evans underscore TBD on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again with another episode. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.